Hi and welcome to Smart Cube, your fortnightly podcast to discuss anything in the world of nerd. You're with me, Jamie. I'm a pedantic piece of, piece of shit and another white dude with opinions. And with me is my co-host, Tom. Yeah, I'm here and I'm here to chat shit. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Um, so uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go through the the general things that we're going to be talking about this week. Um, so we're going to be talking uh, about the uh, the newly announced uh, Last of Us TV show. We're gonna be discussing the Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League. Um, we're going to be discussing the um, the heartbreaking end to Brooklyn Nine-Nine that's on the horizon and then we will have our final speculation in um, which we're going to look at characters in the Mike Scherniverse and see who'd be best on our zombie squads so let's start with the uh, with The Last of Us yeah so they've announced that The Last of Us they're making into a HBO TV show we've got uh, Pedro Pascal taking uh, taking the lead character he's sort of getting in, he's getting himself into quite a lot of things at the moment obviously he's uh, Thrones alumni he's part of the Mandalorian uh, and his co-star Bella Ramsey is, is also Thrones alumni um, but they weren't on it at the same time so we don't quite know what they're uh, chemistry's like with each other at this point, but I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, I think we've seen from The Mandalorian that Pedro Pascal can have pretty much chemistry with anything because it's just a puppet and nods and gurgles and there's so much chemistry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's he's slowly becoming sort of... I'd say he's making his, he's making his way around... He, it's gonna be a bit like um, a bit like Mark Shepard was back in in the 2000s, where you'd sort of show up to a to a Comic Con panel, and he'd be there, and he'll be involved in about 20 different panels that same day because he's just everywhere. It, it does seem that way at the moment. He is like he is hot in demand, hot stuff. And he's, a, I mean, he's a he's a really good actor as well. So um, that's another similarity he's got with Mark Shepard. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really ex- I haven't really played the game, and obviously with The Walking Dead sort of winding itself down, and and that universe sort of coming down to a close. It, yeah, I, I know that it's a bit soon to be doing another zombie TV show, but um, it, I'm sure it'll be a very different take on it. Yeah, I feel I feel like it will. And to be honest, I feel like it's not too soon to have another zombie TV show because I feel like The Walking Dead ended about five years ago, and it's That's... ironically kind of just a walking corpse at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... And I'm, I'm really glad to see it being a TV show um, because we've seen video games being made into movies over 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 decades, and I'm very hard pressed to find one that's been great. In fact, I, I I know there's some that are decent, but I can't think of many that are 
anything more than you know popcorn, watch it once and then and then sort of forget about it. Sort of. Yeah, I think. I think the best ones you've got out there are probably the first Resident Evil and then I think the 2003 uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, Doom vehicle. Yeah. I quite enjoyed um, Prince of Persia when they released that, but it it wasn't... It, it was only good. It certainly wasn't anything that I'd actively go back and watch again. So the future of um, of obviously turning video games into TV shows does sort of beg the question of what what video games would we like to see as TV shows? I've got a couple that I quite like to see. Um, what I was thinking, I was thinking I've kind of got three three choices for myself. Kind of one kind of like period, one more fantasy and then one kind of sci-fi okay hit me so i've gone i thought red dead redemption oh that would be a very good shout because we've seen the the mandalorian which is obviously just a star wars western has worked really well yeah i'd like to see just a western tv show which would be good um one that doesn't have kind of sci-fi elements to it like Westworld yeah and it's just kind of pure western and then kind of fantasy I was thinking the Dishonored universe would be great for would be great for a TV show definitely to explore everything that goes on in that with all the magic and demons and stabbing yeah. and then uh, lastly thinking Mass Effect would be a great shout for a good sci-fi series because we kind of got the expanse and that sort of stuff going on but i was thinking we want something with like good aliens prosthetics and we got them obviously again the mandalorian but obviously mass effects a lot different to star wars yeah i think i think that's uh is a very good show i i've sort of only got I've I've got three, but one is sort of a rehash because I would I think that the Prince of Persia series would work as a TV show if they followed the plot of the games rather than what they did with the movie, specifically the the Sands of Time uh, games, not like any of the the other Prince of Persia games that have been out since. Um, I just think it's a, a really good story and it's something that could be uh, put together quite uh, quite effectively with with a longer format like a TV show. It's weird to call it a longer format when movies traditionally the longer format, even though a TV show has many, many more hours behind it. I forget what my second one was, uh, but the third one, um, which I think would go perfectly on a Disney Plus um, let's, let's make a Kingdom Hearts TV show ooh that that would be interesting it would need to run for about 20 seasons and then that would be like the first game done <laughs> to get all the backstory in that's true I'm just thinking because obviously of that mix of the original 
you know, the game characters and then also the the classic Disney characters. What you could very well see is um is that gives another more adult sort of entry point for those characters. Like at the minute you you see the likes of Mickey Mouse and such in in the form of like clubhouse sort of shows, you know, very, very specifically kids' shows. And I think that it'd be a really cool way to to bring those iconic Disney characters into a, a recognisable TV show for a more adult audience. Yeah, uh, I definitely could see. I could definitely see something along the lines of that. Although, obviously, getting the rights to the Final Fantasy characters would probably be quite expensive but this is Disney and they have more money than than anyone in the world yeah pretty much yeah well my, my thought is that like um, it'd be much cheaper for um, for Disney to get the Final Fantasy characters than for a one assist Square Enix to get the Disney characters alright so what we've also seen a drop this week is the trailer for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. What do we think of that? So, I think the, the key question is, are we excited to see a different take on what was already a subpar film? Like, I, 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 I've probably been a bit harsh there, but it wasn't the most well-received of uh, superhero media. Um, so it, it does sort of shock me that the, there is such, there was such a clamouring for a, a version done by the original director. I suppose there's an element of getting to see a piece of media how the original creator thinks it should be. Is there's a lot of merit in that thing? I know that Schneider on Twitter has said that he wants it to be a, a lot more serious so he says he's going to cut a lot of the like the quippy jokes and stuff especially the um the the batman talking to aquaman saying oh i hear you talk to fish apparently that was one of the first things he cut yeah. i i could imagine that to be fair um i think the there is an element of that the film could benefit quite a lot from people having already seen a version of it, if you know what I mean. Um, like, so one of the biggest criticisms that people had when the uh, Justice League came out was leading into it, we'd had, I think we'd had Batman and Su- the Superman, I think we'd had Wonder Woman at that point. But other than that, we hadn't, we were only just learning who any of the other characters were. I feel like now he can probably get away with not doing as much introduction to the characters because we do already know them. This is true, but does that lead to a good storytelling experience? Because he's still, in the context of the film, going to have to be explaining who these characters are to make narrative sense. But obviously, like, we've now... We've had an Aquaman film, so we don't have to put as much justification on why is Aquaman here, for example. 
I don't know. Um, I, ultimately, I just think that it's actually given them a chance to do what Marvel did because when they when they uh, added all the quips and the jokes in, that was doing what Marvel did by going, oh, we'll just get these characters and we'll just have them crack wise at each other, and that'll work as an introduction. Whereas it's yeah. what Marvel had had, you know, five whole movies of of developing that backstory with characters by the time that Avengers Assemble came out. Because I mean, the only the only uh, ones who hadn't had their own films were Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah, and fuck Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of introducing everyone in that first movie it's you've had several movies establishing yeah and and they've both been in other properties before as well maybe I'm just, all I'm all I'm saying is is that I think I think Zack Snyder's got a it's a tough job on his hand but it's that it's an easier job than it was the first time around because people have had a chance to get to know Aquaman for example and know a little bit about what Cyborg's powers are and obviously everyone knows the Flash but people have had a bit more time to come to terms with that it's not the TV Flash and... Yeah I mean even in that sense I mean the Flash did have a TV show but it's not tied into the same universe which is which did let it down and I, I do think that they should have just cast the TV Flash and that would have made things a whole lot easier Yeah But we've we've seen an estimated runtime of four hours yeah um, that is insanely long that is yeah that's that's too long for a film to be if it's gonna be that long you make it a mini series that's that that's my opinion on things um it's one of the things that i'm enjoying about one division at the moment for example is that I've, i wouldn't want to watch six hours of of one division content in one go as my first experience of it. Of course, I'll probably binge it many, many times after it's finished. Um, but like, if the if he's committed to that that much of a runtime, just make a couple of episodes or split into two films or something. Do a Harry Potter on it. Try and make as much money as you can by. The four hours is going to be... That's longer than the extended extended runtime of the Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition. Wow. Which is an exceedingly lengthy film. Yeah. But with Lord of the Rings, when you watch the Extended Edition, it doesn't feel like a drag. It feels like all the scenes have a purpose. They have a reason to be there. Is is this is this is the Snyder Cut just going to be a bloated mess? That that's what I worry about. But I mean, what I will say is that from looking at interviews and stuff, people have enjoyed people enjoyed working with Zack Snyder on making the film. Um, which brings us into our sort of middle section that I didn't announce at the start. Um, we have uh, a, mid, uh, a new section that is probably going to be a, uh, a regular section 
Uh, it's called Sometimes People Are Shit. It's, uh, I mean, hopefully it won't be too regular a section, but um, people have a tendency to be shit. <laughs> Obviously, we've had Joss Whedon in the in the last week, who's um, it's been. Obviously, it's not been revealed. It's already known that he was a bit of a of a dickhead in general. But um, Charisma Carpenter, who played Cordelia in Buffy and Angel, um, has basically come forward and and talked about her experiences of of just bullying her, basically. Um, and it's it's a pattern of behaviour that is very very sad to see. Um, and like with Justice League uh, I think it was the guy who I should have done more research into this but it was the, the guy who played Cyborg the guy who played Cy- Cyborg has uh, also come out and basically talked about how it was a bit shit to be working under just Jeff Whedon in the, uh, in the Justice League Um so jumping back, like I'm, I'm hoping that you'll be able to see a bit more of the fun that people have had doing the acting. There's there's definitely a difference when actors are enjoying what they're working on. I, I, I definitely feel that you find that in a lot of things. Yeah. If the actors are having fun, they generally tend to produce something a bit better. With um, Joss Whedon, also Gina Carno... Carano, 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 um, coming up as being really shit people. Um, when when these um, creators and uh, performers come out and it and it turns out they have been shit, what are your opinions on the content they've created? Can we still enjoy it? Is it still something we can consume and enjoy? So my my opinion on it is that once a story leaves the the writer as soon as that story's out in the world that's it it's out like it no longer belongs to that writer if you know what i mean um so i'll yeah i'll jump back to to jk rowling for a, a moment although i wish i wouldn't um but like because of that story we now have for example um, a very Potter musical by Starkid and like so I associate a lot of my happiest memories of Harry Potter are actually to do with Starkid at the moment um, but yeah it's it's similar in this scenario it's um, Joss's stories um, you know Looking at Buffy, looking at Angel, looking at Firefly, looking at the uh, the Avengers films as well, um, like they belong to the world now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's um, saying one of my favourite films, uh, Baby Driver. Um, when that was released, the whole Kevin Spacey thing was going down. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Kevin Spacey a bit, <laughs> a, yeah, a bit worse um, with the allegations yeah. uh, against him. But then, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, I can't enjoy Baby Driver because Kevin Spacey's in it." Yeah, but it's such a good film. You just, 
I feel like sometimes, like you said, you have to separate the terrible people from the content. Yeah, I mean, it's not art from artists as in in the way that many people will mean it, but it is just a case of that. I I I really enjoy Buffy, and the fact that Joss Whedon is a bad person. Um, doesn't take away from what the story is. There's some things where, like, like I probably won't watch anything that he creates from now in the future. Or if I do, you know, it'll need to have, have shown that he's, you know, turned new leaves and stuff. Um, obviously, the, the, there's worse things that he could have done, but we, we don't really want to set the bar that low. What we want is creators who are who are just good people, good people to work with. Like, a lot of people talk about how clever, clever Joss Whedon is and his, his storylines are, are quite deep, and, and he is, in, in, in and of himself, he is a talented creator. He's a clever creator, but I would take kindness over cleverness any day of the week. It's very similar to... to... Uh kind of how um you you have to view a film one of my favorite films again is the the shining yeah and stanley kubrick oh, yeah. and obviously it's it's a fantastic film but poor shelly duvall was so bullied by stanley kubrick in the process of that film yeah it's why she kind of quit acting afterwards and it's like it's, it's such a horrid horrid thing but it's like it's such a good story and you just you have you have to um you have to enjoy it for what it is but also remain aware of of the people who made it and who aren't good people yeah and critique them for that but yeah um i mean there's enough there's enough good creators out there to go around. There's enough creators out there that people will repeatedly say that they have enjoyed working under. And uh, one of those, um, one of those people is uh, is obviously Mike Sher. Is um, he's obviously one of the the big players in in the world of TV. Uh, obviously the the creator of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Our co-creator. I'm not 100% sure on how much of the creator he was, but he was definitely up there. Um, and sadly, that's going to be coming to an end in the the next series. Yeah, um, it's sad, but I think it is of a time. Yeah, it's it's like um, none of his uh, series really run longer than this, do they? It's always about nine seasons, and then he brings it to an end. Yeah, and I think, in all honesty, that's that's probably pushing it at times as well in terms of content that they can that they can bring out. Um, yeah, you def you definitely look at um, the last season of The Office, and you think, could it have ended a season earlier and been a had its conclusion then? Probably. Yeah. There's lots of jumping off points that there could have been for 
for pretty much all of his shows, to be fair. But um, I'm very glad that he's getting to end it in a way that he that he's going to want to end it. Um, obviously, a couple of years ago, it was cancelled um, by I think it was on Fox first, and then was picked up again by NBC afterwards. Uh, or yeah, it's probably that way around. <laughs> And it's just good to be able to see that he's he's going to have the chance to to end it in a way that fits the characters rather than the end being forced on him. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a a show being prematurely told they have to cl- um told they're gonna be cancelled, so then they put like two three seasons worth of of an arc into one season and it just doesn't work yeah I think pr- prime examples um be like BBC's Merlin from back in the day oh yeah I remember that I remember that being um incredibly feeling incredibly rushed because I think they had another two to three seasons of that planned yeah I, I, that that was a, a rushed one to be fair um and then also there's there's the other option that there could have been which was the the My Name is Earl route which is where they thought they might have thought they would have had another season in them and then had the rug pulled right from under them and not not even being able to resolve the cliffhanger that they set up at the end of the what was the the final episode um, yeah so, um, but then again it can go quite in the opposite direction with the likes of your Supernatural and your Walking Dead where it goes on for too long and it kind of ruins it. Yeah, absolutely. But the the big question that we've got is where's he going to go from here? So he's um, he's made uh, he's made a, a generic office one of the most interesting places to be. He's humanised some police officers. Um, he's uh, he's obviously <laughs> made local government into into something brilliant, uh, and also also tackled uh, what happens after death as well. So what what can he what can he possibly make interesting next? I think it has to be something really boring. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it'll be an, another one of those kind of average kind of jobs that he'll explore make funny. Yeah. For me, I I think I reckon three options that would work really well. You could have like um maybe a bin bin men, so like rubbish collectors and stuff. <laughs> Um, maybe the postal service. Oh, the postal service would be a good one. Or, or what? Which um, which would be my favourite? I think would be um, if he did like, uh, teachers and did like a school school comedy. Okay. That could be quite uh quite fun. Um, especially if he based it, as I said, primarily around the the teacher characters. Um, so that he didn't have to worry about 
becoming just another version of the in-betweeners or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you definitely, you'd focus on the teachers. And then if you said you run it for um, five seasons... Yeah, you'd you'd be able to ha- you'd be able to get a group of um, kind of kid actors in potentially. Yeah, and then you run that for five seasons, and you start them off at the beginning of the school year, at the beginning of the school life, and then you go all the way to the end. Yeah, and you got quite a good kind of arc there, almost. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the person who knows best what he's going to do next is uh, is the man himself, but. Um... But yeah, I just I hope that I hope that he brings another property to the table and smashes it out the park yet again because honestly I can't think of many bad shows that he's done. Um and I can't even think of many bad episodes amongst the shows that he's done. Scott thoughts maybe, but <laughs> We do love Scott's Tots, though. We, we do, but we also despise it. <laughs> it's very important for the series, but it, it's the, <laughs> it is the one that even I, who loves cringe comedy, even I will go, no, no, can't, can't handle this. He has written a lot of good stuff. Because I think he, if I just pull up his, his writing credits here now, it's like, He's never written anything bad. He's he was writer for Saturday Night Live for years and years. Yeah. And then he's gone the the office. He did one episode of Black Mirror. Oh. Um, which was the if you remember the one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, excellent! I didn't realize that was that was his. That was written by him. Um, then The Office, The Good Place, Parks and Rec, and Brooklyn Nine Nine. There's like he's never, yeah, he's he's never done anything bad. He knows what he's doing. Plus, as I say, like he, I, I know that um, Kristen is it Kristen Bell? I want to say Kristen Bell. Um, <laughs> Kristen Bell uh, has talked about in interviews how he basically has a a no assholes policy when he's on set. Like he's very much like uh, if you're being a if you're being a dickhead, he'll come over, he'll have a word, and <laughs> and let you know it's your one chance sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. He he. In all the interviews you hear about him, it's always good. He's always good to work with, fun to work with, and I think as we were saying earlier when your actors are happy and having fun you and your crew in general you produce a much better you produce much better content yeah and you can feel you can feel that in his shows can't you you can feel that people are just happy to be there and not just happy to be there because that's how they're earning the money and that's how they survive but they're just having a blast being part of that that unit yeah he, he, he surrounds himself with good good actors funny it's like every person who works on a show like you never have anyone who's had like anything really leveled against them 
I mean, maybe the exception being Chris Pratt, but... <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you can't... Ultimately, with that, it's a case of as long as you're decent on set, it seems like he... And not too crazy off it. Like, he seems like he's very... Um, he's very good at making sure that the, the place is a, a positive workplace. Yeah, and it definitely shows through in his creations, and we we stand Mike Sure. Yeah, basically. Um, so we're gonna gonna move on to final speculation. That's the name that we give decided to give our um, our uh, hypothetical section. Final speculation. Um, and what we're what we're discussing this week is um, we're going to come full circle uh, back to the uh, linking from Mike Sher over to The Last of Us, um, and we're going to come up with um, who we would want from the Mike Sher universe in our zombie apocalypse teams. So yeah, zombie apocalypse has hit. We are in the, the Mike Sher universe and have access to, to any of these characters and we can pick four people to join us in our our sort of gangs um, we won't be warring gangs but we'll we, we, we have our own gangs <laughs> so yeah uh, once picks four people who will um, help us survive as long as as long as possible in our uh, in this apocalypse scenario so um, I am going to uh, get myself a weapons expert first um, because that's the traditional thing that you, you do um, and I'm going for um, for an, uh, an explosives expert in fact uh, so I am going with Jason Mendoza from Good Place, uh, the man whose answer to any problem is to throw a Molotov cocktail at it. <laughs> I feel like... That would definitely work well with zombies. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good way to not only um, cause the, the second death of the zombie, but also to, to incinerate as well. Yeah, get rid of get rid of the um, the infection, and lots of well, zombies are just yeah. waiting to be set on fire, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, so who have you gone with for your first pick? So, for my first pick, I want um, a good, strong team leader. Um, so, I've gone with Ron Swanson for my for my team leader because I feel he could with his moustache lead us through thick and thin uh, he could lead us if you can lead the parks and rec department he can lead us in the in the zombie apocalypse without any issues yeah I'm, I'm into that um, so I for the second one I'm gonna go with um, uh, Terry from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Terry Jeffords, I want to say. Um, yeah. If if anything, like we we essentially we need 
I, I want to get some strength on the team. Um, and I feel like he's the he's the he's the one uh, to go for because obviously Terry Crews was uh, an American football player, and um, and he's de- deservedly um, gonna sort of sort of head up the the main muscle of the team and maybe be the most most threatening looking. Uh, to an outsider as well. Yeah, you'd um, definitely hand him a, a melee weapon, and he'd he'd be he'd be going nuts. He'd be great. Yeah. So for my for my second member, I've gone with Dwight Schrute because he is kind of weapons expert and a survivalist expert. He knows how to survive. He knows how to hunt. Plus, he has a bunker. And food supplies. Very good shout. Um, I'm I'm also going to be putting Dwight Schrute in my team, but I suppose if we're having rival teams, I'm going to have to step away from him because you've got there first. We'll we'll, we'll fight over him. <laughs> um, so if I if I can't have Dwight Schrute, um, then my third choice is going to be um, Andy Bernard. I feel like okay. I feel like having essentially uh, in terms of uh, in terms of D and D classes, he is a a bard as as bard as bard can be, um, and I feel like yeah. any sort of anything to just make it a bit more bearable to to exist in the. Uh, in the apocalypse would would just be um, be very helpful. Although you are going to get to a point if you manage to like get a main base of operations and like get to that point where you've got a main secure base and you're starting to like live normal life again. He is going to try and create a zombie a cappella group. <laughs> yes, and I would be part of that group. Um, I also think he was a pretty good leader in that um, in that series, of The Office, that he was leader. Um, apart from you know when he went off to film The Hangover and went to Florida for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a decent he's a decent choice, I think. He, he's not Ron Swanson, but uh, but you've already taken Ron Swanson, so <laughs> I've got the pick of the bunch so far. Yeah. So my third my third team member will be Anne Perkins because she's a trained nurse and in the apocalypse having a medic it it's it's a lifesaver. I mean Yeah. It's just pretty pretty simple and and she's fun. Yeah. Again, she's a bit Bit like Andy, she lift lift everyone's spirits. She's, she's a big Harry Potter fan. She's she's seen all the movies. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she couldn't she couldn't um, help with a zombie bite, but yeah, she could she could deal with all the other all the other non non I was about to say non lethal uh, all the non zombie related yeah 
other non-zombie related medical issues yeah you sort of you cut to your scrapes yeah if you need to uh, amputate a limb or something yeah she could she could tie a tourniquet she could set a bone all the things that that you just you'd be like no idea how to do <laughs> especially with no internet yeah so my uh, my fourth choice um, is is a tough one because now I'm at my fourth choice and I've only got this one more. Um, but I'm gonna go with Janet from the Good Place. Um, she's a basically a computer program um, that's designed to uh, to help. It's a, a bastion of all the universe's knowledge, um, including how to treat wounds. <laughs> Because I forgot to put her a medic in. Okay. Um. Some of some of the best some of the best humor in the good place comes straight from Janet and um. And also, it's it's just a. Uh, it, it's disembodied, so it's uh, although it's positive me to be embodied for not breaking the, the format sick. Um but even that the um the knowledge would come in helpful. Yeah, having having brains is definitely uh, an advantage until the zombies come take them. So who have you got for your far? Um in the similar vein I went with kind of a brains tech um, person, I went with Amy Santiago. Ooh. So she's got not only weapons training, but then obviously she's really clever. Also, probably your kind of um, secondary leader. Yeah. Um, she's great at creating tactical plans. She'd always have an escape route, and the only downside would be having to lug all the binders about. <laughs> Um, so one thing that I did want to mention is um, uh, one of uh, my close personal friends has just released a book. It's available on Amazon at the moment. Um, it's called The Dead Meat Sextet. It's a bit of ab- absurdist horror, which uh, is I'm very excited. I'm not. Uh, I haven't actually read it yet. So I'm not going to come out and say that it's good. I can say that I can vouch for his writing, um, but I'll have a more considered opinion of it in the future. Well, anyway, if that sounds good to you, we will put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and the last thing we've got to say is the news in brief. The bits of news that were kind of bit in development that we haven't really seen a lot of, so we haven't got a huge opinion, but we want to mention them nevertheless Uh, Netflix have just announced they are doing a Pacific Rim anime which sounds amazing very excited love Pacific Rim hopefully they can get Charlie to be involved in it in some way and have him shouting very loudly as (laughs) as is his acting style yeah um and then the other thing we got was a very lacklustre Super Bowl, which we were hoping for a lot of content from, but all we really got was the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, which it does look good, 
it looks like we're going to see the return of Baron Zemo. Yeah, it, it looks really good. Um, but much like with WandaVision, I think we'll tackle it at the end rather than rather than trying to hype it up on a week by week basis. Not that it needs any more hype than it's going to get. It's going to be very successful while it's on. Yeah, so we we were thinking once once one division is finished, and if there's um, if there's if there's if that's what people want to hear, we will do either a section on a show or we'll just do a one-off, just talking about one division. Other than that, it was quite a um, quite a low content, low movie content Super Bowl. Like I was hoping that we'd get maybe a Black Widow. Black Widow trailer or something like that, but alas. So anyway, that is that's us for this week. Um, thank you for listening to Smart Cube. I've been Tom. I've been Jamie. Remember to uh, to follow us on Twitter. I think it's at Smart Cube Pod. Although Tom will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, yeah, it is at SmartCubePod on Twitter. We're going to try and be a little bit more active on there um, over the next couple of weeks, but um, we can't promise anything. Also, any reviews on Anchor or Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. But yeah, it's been very nice to speak to you again this uh, this fortnight, and... Um... I look forward to uh, to our next episode, which hopefully will have some very fun special guests on it. Yes, we will announce on Twitter before before the episode comes out. Um, uh, so get excited! Yeah, stay tuned, and uh, yeah, see you later. <laughs>